0: Here they come!
1: Hello, and welcome to episode 173 of Effectively Speaking, the podcast that takes a look at some of the special effects sequences of film and television, be they classic, average, or duff. I'm your host, Eric Moore, and today I'm joined by Andrew Glazebrook to look at the effects of Toby Hooper's Life Force. Come on, come on! Switch over. Let's hope we don't have a burnout. Well, anyone who knows, uh, effectively speaking, when me and Andrew talk, know my first question to Andrew and my first question to Andrew is, Andrew, what is your history? When did you first see Life Force? then?
0: Um, I'll have definitely seen this opening day because there was me and a, um, a couple of mates who, whenever there was a new release on a Friday, we were the first ones down, first show, half past 12, one o'clock type time to go and see it. So I do remember going to see this opening day. I'd read about it in Fangoria and Starlog and Cine Fantastique and the like. So yeah, I was definitely there, the first show.
1: Okay. I never, I I never showed it, Um, which is bizarre because at that time, the cinema I worked in had been bought by Canon. It was a Canon cinema. So you would have thought Canon cinemas would have shown a Canon cinema film and it didn't, we never showed it at my cinema. I didn't see it until the video
0: age. That's weird
1: yeah um we 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 had all the because I can remember you know you would make up a film, you would put it on the canon logo would start, and it's like, oh no,, because <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> they didn't exactly have the best of reputations, did they that company no no um but this is a a, a strange one, isn't it this uh, this has got uh people behind the scenes and up on screen that you wouldn't. Really think were, we're would be um, in a canon film, but here they are, aren't they?
0: Yeah, watching it earlier on, and you're looking through the opening credits. There's a lot of really, really good people, have, you know, associated with this. Um, so, like, yeah, there's a real quality to it, uh, unlike a lot of canon movies.
1: Hmm. Mm. I don't know if it's because they were making it in conjunction with TriStar, and TriStar had a bit more you know, appeal to the people that they were approaching, you know, like Henry Mancini to do the score. You wouldn't think Henry Mancini would score a canon film, but here, here he is.
0: Yeah, I mean, you had people like um, Alan Hume doing the photography, you had done Return of the Jedi. Um, I think you had John Grace Mark as production designer. I mean, Dan O'Bannon yep. and Don Jacoby yep. uh, writing. Um, you know, so there, were, there was a whole bunch of people, and obviously Toby Hooper directing. And the weird thing is, as all through watching it uh, for this recording, it didn't feel at all. I, if you'd have plonked this in front of me now and said, "You know, watch this movie. Who directed this?" I wouldn't never have guessed in a million years it was Toby Hooper. No, or Toby no. Hooper.
1: It, yeah, I, I always thought it was Tobe Hooper because of the way it's spelt but never toby no it is a strange film i've always found this a peculiar film and it's a film whenever i watch it i I kind of like feel it runs out of steam about halfway through and when it becomes like a zombie film towards the end and you've got the chase around london and everything i've really lost interest i like the first half but something around about the middle Point when it becomes almost like extro or something like that, where you have got the girl in the in the bin liners going across the field, it all yeah. kind of like I start losing interest.
0: It's a weird uh, because at that point, like you said, when it becomes the zombie film, it's like well, up to that point, these things weren't zombies. Um, you know, they they had this kind of two-hour sort of lifespan of then having to regenerate, but then suddenly the things running around London just look more like your traditional. George Romero zombies really mm. Um, mm. so yeah it's almost like they forgot the wrong story at that point
1: mm. now you and I have watched the international cut haven't yeah. we <clears throat> as they call it mm.
0: uh,
1: which is longer it's not the longest version the longest version I think was about 20 minutes more but that had a lot more nudity in it and uh, it was all cut out um, and I don't think that's ever been screened anywhere. The the, the you know the full length version that old Tobe Toby, you know, uh, handed into the studio. But this version is is far longer than the uh, the other version, isn't it?
0: Yeah. I see. I was never too sure whether there was any kind of Japanese laserdisc version with anything uh, extra with naughty that, bits in. Yeah. Um, I'll have to double check on that. But I think there might be sort of like a longer version that was released a long time ago on laserdisc. Hmm.
1: Why are you so human? So perfect?
0: What are the bird creatures on the ship. Our Our bodies bodies are unimportant. As you and your men men approached in your ship, ship, we we changed changed them them for you. We We entered entered your minds and found their new bodies. I I took my my shape from from your mind. I I took your language. language. I I became became the woman. I found there in your, your deepest, deepest thoughts, your deepest, deepest needs. I am the feminine in your mind, Carlson.
1: So, alright, well, this is The International, and because it's The International, you get something you don't get in the shorter version, which is up front, We find out, you know, what the score is, where you've got HMS Churchill, you know, flying off to intercept Hayley's Comet. Um, which is a standard space shuttle, but with these whacking great big solar panels sticking out the sides. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, almost from the get-go, we know what, what, what we're in for, because they spot this spacecraft, which is 150 miles long, and basically it's the shape of a willy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's a todger. Mm. Um, um, yeah, on the, um, the making of, on our Blu-ray, yeah. They... Uh, <laughs> Quite explicitly say, yes, that was a penis. And mm. boy, is it a penis. Yes.
0: I think it was uh, designed like around an artichoke or something, supposedly. Yeah, I've seen it?
1: things about artichokes. But it, it, it's it's really odd because you've got the sin uh, effects. I haven't. I mean, when you see it at the beginning and when the Churchill, you know, docks with it and everything, that's a painting. You know, yeah. in 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 the documentaries, it's a, quite an elaborate, quite huge Painting, but at the end when the ship goes into orbit round the Earth, that's clearly a model. Yeah. Have you got any information on who made the model?
0: Um, I think Grant McCune was involved, uh, obviously because it was um, through Apogee, John mm-hmm. Dykstra, so I think McCune and his team were making that. Um. But yeah, I mean, the the shot I think you're on about with the painting, it's it's almost like. um it's like a false perspective painting, isn't it? It's like as the ship's kind mm. of flying along the side of it, they've kind of painted the perspective one way, then they've painted the perspective the other way and tracked across it, and then have the shuttle flight flying past that. Mm. Uh, but yeah, the, I think there was sections in close-up made as a miniature as well, but then the ship itself, I'll have to dig these pictures out. What I'll do is I'll I'll dig out the cinefacts and I'll try and take some snapshots of them.
1: Oh, cool, yeah. that um, be and good. And then you can put
0: them on the Facebook page. right.
1: Yeah. What I don't like about this film, and I've never liked about this film, is our hero of the film. Mm. I don't like him. I, 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 he's got zero charisma. I don't rate him as an actor. He's just a massive walking plank of wood, in my, yeah. in my eyes. Carlson. Colonel Carlson, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I mean, the only other thing I'd ever really seen him in, um, was it the, the film of uh, The Stuntman, wasn't it? The 1980 what, film. What, the Burt Reynolds film? no it's it's the film with peter o'toole and barbara hershey in it oh, um, right. and, and it's about a guy who's a you know a, a hollywood stuntman i think it was richard rush who directed that one uh but that oh, right. was in in the yeah early 80s late 70s and i yeah he he does have zero charisma really oh he's awful yeah. um
1: I like all the effects, the effect shots of, you know, the, the spacecraft approaching the event horizon, because that's basically what it is. Um, but it's not helped when you get the green glow effect, because as soon as you get the green glow effect, you've got matte lines, haven't you?
0: Yeah, um, I was never too sure why they went with that green for the comet as well. You know, it, it was a weird choice of colour mm, to yeah. go for. Um, but yeah, there is some matte lines. Now, I know that... Dijkstra, i think says in the cine that he was very disappointed with a lot of the composite work in this film because i don't Mm -hmm. think they handled some of it so i think he actually openly says he was a bit peeved by the quality well
1: it's it from what i can gather he came along quite late in the day and a lot of the effects works had been done and he and apogee came over and really it was optical effects they were doing um, mm. more than, you know, the the miniature photography. So maybe somebody else was doing the miniature photography and then they came along and augmented stuff.
0: Yeah. Um, I know they definitely did all of the stuff, um, you know, with the actual life force itself. Um, yeah. Which was often, yeah. you know, like lasers on kind of mylar bounced onto screens and things to create like these, you know, patterns.
1: mm Yeah. Well, they, they do this EVA, they go inside. It's all very Star Trek, the motion picture, isn't it, when they go in, inside yeah. there? And, um, and um, you know, very Mario Bava in the colour choices as mm-hmm. well. Um, and they meet the space vampires, the, these bats on wires. Um,
0: well, that, that set that we see those first floating in is really H.R. Giger inspired as well, isn't it? It's, it's very They say in the documentary, and, don't they? That, yeah. yeah I mean, that the, was the, a massive it, influence. Yeah, and it, it's, a again, for a canon film, this is a big set, you know. Mm. Um, you know, it's impressive. There's there's no sort of corners being cut here by the look of it.
1: No, and and there was a massive buzz when they were making this film, wasn't they? Because, you know, um, it was filmed at Elstree. It had almost a Bond-level budget. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the effects crews that were there, they were on a roll because they had, you know, just been doing, you know, Dark Crystal and Raiders Lost Ark, and they had just... Finished Flash Gordon, and yeah, uh, Tom, Tom, Tom Adams, who was head in the art department, he took along basically all his crew that worked on Flash Gordon and moved across yeah. onto Life Force. And you can kind of see it, can't you? When you see the sculptures of the space vampires, there's a there, there's a design. Every every sculptor's got their own unique style, haven't they? And 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 there's mm. just something about the the the, the physical props. And everything it is you can tell it's something to do with the flash gordon boys
0: yeah i mean this was a big budget for um, 25 million i think it was or 27 i mean it was you know for the time um that that was a decent sized budget wasn't it
1: yeah yeah i like in the documentary how it says about you know the um when they're doing the eva and they're what um you know floating around this ship um they're all on Kirby wires. The actors yeah. are on four of them on Kirby wires. Quite an elaborate rig to get all four going round each other. But it was the um, it was the same Kirby wire team that worked on Superman. Right. Did it and and Nicholas Ball was actually wearing Christopher Reeves' little um, you know jockstrap harness thing. That was Christopher Reeves. So right. yeah, Nicholas Ball's balls were right <laughs> by where Christopher Reeves's used to be. Yeah. Oh you mate. Oh, sorry about that. That was a cheap gag. Sorry about but, uh, that. But the,
0: the wire works really good. You know, theres I couldn't certainly see any visible wires in any of those sequences. I mean, no. I know they were, they were either on wire harnesses or, like, kind of cantilevered, weren't the kind of crane things, I think, uh, platforms mm. for some of the floating sequences as well. But, you know, it's, it's all very well done. Yeah. I love the way they go
1: uh, deploy the specimen bag. And all it is is a whacking great big net. Yeah, like a fisherman's net, and they bag one of these bats. They're going to go out with that, and that's when they go into the uh, into that crystal chamber, and that's where we have uh, Matilda and Co, don't we? Yeah. In their And I like, I do coffins. like the angle of
0: this as well. The way they kind of come in from almost like the top of it. It's mm. you know, there are some nice choices of angles in that sequence to kind of disorientate you in a little bit of a way. Do you think it's
1: that, or do you think it's also... I mean, we find out at the end, old Matilda says um, to Carlson, um, the bats are our natural form. We've just made ourselves look like you. We took it out of your mind. So them hanging upside down, is that an inference to that these three naked bodies are bats, really?
0: Yeah, probably, yeah. It it could be, couldn't it? And again, again, an impressive... I don't know whether that's like a backdrop that's painted behind them, or a sculpture or whatever but I mean that's an impressive set as well with all of the kind of empty crystal yeah. cases yeah
1: you can't see the join, can
0: you no. no it's very very well done
1: yeah this uh, you know the double standard thing that was around at the time that you've got old Matilda there completely starkers mm. but the two blokes they've got fuzzy bits over their bits because yeah. censorship would allow a woman to be totally naked yeah but not the men. Yeah. And we get that later, don't we? They that, they had ball bags on as well, didn't they? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. Mm. Alright, so <laughs> we'll move forward thirty days later. Um the ship arrives back at Earth, there's no contact. So they send up the Columbia. Yeah. Which is unfortunate to see now, isn't it?
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah. Um and everybody inside, they're all, all b bur- everything's burnt up, everyone's dead. Um and those dead bodies are pretty good compared yeah. to what's going to be coming up soon, uh, they're not bad at all. So yeah. um, the next effects we get is Matilda sucking the life force out of the guard. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, this is John Dykstra, isn't it? This is Apogee, the Ghostbuster-style uh, blue swirly effects which start going around them. Yeah, um, we've
0: got them and a combination of Nick Mealy's practical effects. So, yeah. An American yeah. team and a British team working together. Yeah, I, this first
1: ever shrivelled corpse that we see yeah. is all right. I don't mind this one. The problem I have with all the corpses we're going to see in this film is the eyes. The yeah. eyes are the most unconvincing eyes I've ever seen. If you forgive another pun, they're terrible. They that they they are just too white. There's no, they, 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 they don't look realistic in the slightest, but this one's got his eyes closed, so he's not too bad.
0: Yeah, the, there's been other cases like this. Um, I think I've commented on various effects creatures. It's a bit like Rawhead Rex as well. You know, it's like, it's the eyes that kind of cheapen it. Um, yeah. Because, the, you know, there is obviously quality kind of glass eyes available for things like waxworks and stuff, and yet these are just not that good. And if there had been more bloodshot and clouded and yeah. things like that, it probably would have been way creepier. Do you think? But, no, they
1: wouldn't have. They wouldn't have not done that because if we do make it too realistic, we won't. y you, you know, it'll be cut out or something like that. You don't mm-hmm. think that's a just they're watering it down a bit
0: so that they that they're not censored. I'm not too sure. It's hard to say. You know what they'd be trying to get around censorship wise, but um, yeah, because they're talented sculptors and they. Yeah. Ta- talented
1: makeup artist and you look at the body and it's fine the colors are right the emaciated shrunken corpse is fine but the hair and the eyes are just way way out yeah mm and that's mm, what the- happens that's when they do the autopsy on the guard that's where we see it for the first time what what yeah. what we're in for isn't it um mm. And it's the eyes, it's the movement as it's jerking around, and it's especially the acting of all the people (laughs) who are watching this. Oh, dear. Yeah. Um, I'm going to chug
0: me Space Precinct reference in here. Oh, go on. The guy who's playing the uh, mortician guy, the guy who's doing the autopsy, is actually the guy from Space Precinct who was like the main police alien, Uh, a guy called Jerome Willis. What, under the prosthetics, under the, yeah. He, no, he's he's the autopsy guy, but he was one of the aliens in the yeah, movie. Yeah,
1: He's wearing yeah. the the, yeah. the mask in Space Precinct. Oh, okay, yeah,
0: yeah. all right. He, he, he's the sort of main police chief, judge yeah, guy called Jerome Willis. He's a very sort of recognizable face.
1: Right. You know,
0: been in lots of British TV and stuff. But that's that's the first Space Precinct reference. I've
1: You're got. determined to talk about Space Precinct, <laughs> aren't you? I am. Yeah, I've got to say to the listener. Andrew's been desperate to talk about Space Precinct, but I've said, no, we've got to talk life force. So there, there might be a mutiny unfolding here. All right. So we, we get the dead girl in the park, uh, yeah. a, another shriveled corpse with everything mm. on display. If that was a bloke, you'd have a strategic, you know, tree branch in the way or something, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We get Aubrey Morris as uh, Percy, the Home Secretary. I don't know what all these thespes were thinking about all this uh, as yeah. they're filming this. Do you?
0: Yeah, because, you know, a lot of them are decent thespians, aren't they? So... Yeah, what
1: would they have made of it? Um, mm. Yeah, we get a reanimated guard because it's two hours later, isn't it? As yeah. you say, and they wake up and they need a life force. And if they don't get it, they, uh, they explode. Yeah, they shrivel uh, up. Yes, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, that's that's a nice effect, you know. Mm. When when you see the 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 hands sort of um, get skinny, and then you see the chest sort of sucking, um, you know that that they're not too bad. I assume they were just like you know vacuum sort of Hoover pipe type things sucking the and latex suck on, it or, all out on, on the thing. But yeah, that's not a bad effect really. No. Um, I tell
1: you what is a bad effect though is when they're waiting for you know the the girl in the Park to mm. turn. They wait two hours because they know yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah. And oh dear, those eyes! The, yeah. it, it's the eyes every time.
0: Well, they're before she bit, blows up, they're quite yellowy on that one, aren't they? I think as well. Mm. If I remember the colour from earlier on, I'm sure there's sort of like a yellow tint to them. Mm. Uh,
1: but it's all right so far. This is all right. Unfortunately, that's when Colonel Carlson is yeah. discovered um and Mm. he tells the uh he's in texas he's in texas it's obviously they didn't film that in texas you notice it's night time and it's pouring with rain um so that could be you know back lot of el El street could be the car park or something couldn't it but Um, it's a
0: good it's a good it's a good nod to obviously texas chainsaw massacre isn't it i think that's what the
1: yeah yeah is that a deliberate nod are they doing a deliberate nod to i imagine.
0: i imagine so
1: no not to Mm. that Mm. all right The flashback that he tells is very Nosferatu, you know, about how there's something on the ship, they don't know what it is, and it's killing the people off one by one.
0: Right, yeah. Well, and Dracula, isn't it, really? Like, the Demeter sort of thing.
1: Yes, well, Nosferatu is Dracula, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, I I say Nosferatu because that's the only real one that comes to mind when you talk about the Demeter sequence, is Nosferatu. All right, um... He has a uh, he has a saucy dream about Matilda. All yeah. very vampire lovers. This this is like you know mid seventies Hammer film, isn't it? All, all yeah. the uh, all the naughty bits. Yeah, and um, we then find out that Matilda has got a different face.
0: Yeah, he's my second space precinct. Who is <laughs> the ginger haired woman? The red haired woman is Nancy Paul, and she was Brogan's wife in space precinct. Was she? Yeah.
1: So, Thats so, woman... okay,
0: I, I won't talk about it anymore
1: <laughs> no if you can think of another one, please do. yeah, she's the one wrapped in a bin bag walk, walking along a field. How the bloody hell she got from London to be out in a field? I don't know
0: is it a but, bit, what is it she I thought she's wearing almost like um like a like a windcheater cheater type thing Not oh, like a
1: bin bag to me
0: I don't know it's a bit weird what she's wearing. I always
1: think <laughs> that she's is it Fiona Shaw, you know who was in inner space um is it yeah. Fiona? Yeah, cuz she's got those eyes. She's got those like bright green eyes and she's got the curly hair. Um, yeah. But yeah, she picks up some bloke, didn't she? Some
0: <laughs> Yeah, some local farmer guy.
1: Yeah, and we got we, we we get a little bit of uh, smut in the car. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: As the spaceship approaches earth and uh, old oh, bl- oh, blimey Patrick Stewart then pops up. Yay. He, he he aged quite a bit in like four years, didn't he? Between this and doing Star Trek: Next Generation,
0: he he looks quite young in this. Yeah, this have been he'll have just done Excalibur. He'd just, just done June at this point, wouldn't he? As well, eighty four. This is eighty five. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, yeah. 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 Done this Excal- is years Ex- after Excalibur. Excalibur in eighty one, June eighty four, and then yeah, then this. So. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. Um. So, yeah,
1: he runs this hospital for the criminally insane where Ellen is a nurse. Yeah. Um, Carlson says Matilda's gone, but we, we find out she's actually in Patrick Stewart. Yeah. And we have Patrick Stewart as Matilda saying how she loves, you know, Carlson. Yeah. And, um, and that's when we find out the bats are their real forms. Um, they, they, they changed into what they changed into after reading Carlson's mind.
0: And, I uh, love the was... fact. Go on. Sorry? Go on, you tell me a fact.
1: The fact is that we keep cutting between Patrick Stewart laying on that table and Matilda May on that table, but it's really Patrick Stewart. Matilda May Mm -hmm. is what what Carlson is seeing. Did you know that when uh, Carlson kisses Patrick Stewart, that is Patrick Stewart's first ever on-screen kiss?
0: Yeah. (laughs) That's what I was going to say. (laughs)
1: love it yeah um this this guy colonel carson he's terrible um this whole oh let me go where's your body all this shouting and shaking and shaking and it's a oh dear oh dear oh dear yeah
0: um i mean i like peter firth peter firth who's obviously the scs guy i mean he's he's way better
1: he doesn't strike me very much as SAS. He, he's no. not.
0: He,
1: he's, he's not Lewis Collins, is he?
0: He seems more like a private detective, really, than a SAS bloke, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he, he does not seem very hard to me. No, I'm not um, a sort of secret service, private detective. But yeah, yeah, he does. They do see Special Air Service. So
1: yeah. Um, we get, yeah, a light show now, which is very ending of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Very. Mm. You half expect, you know, a Phantom to come around and look into the camera and go horrible. Mm. Um, and that's when we find out that all vampire legends on this Earth have come from these creatures. They've been to Earth before. Yeah. I guess on the back of Haley's Comet you know yeah so at one uh, point.
0: how often does that come round again is it every years, 70 something
1: years isn't it something years yeah yeah so you get vampires every 70 years um and then oh dear god um we get sir percy and patrick in the helicopter mm. spewing blood yeah and again the eyes patrick's I, i'm sure that sculptor, patrick stewart's head looked like him they took a life cast and that's fine yeah. but that bloody eye staring at us
0: and you know the you know the story about that Patrick Stewart head sculpt and what got them into trouble later on. No, was it in Space Precinct? No, when they did the Duran Duran video for Wild Boys,
1: yeah. Nick Maylie
0: and his team did the 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 mechanics and stuff, and there's that kind of almost like robotic head on a table.
1: Oh was, yes, I
0: remember that. It was it was actually moulded from the same head from the Patrick Stewart, and somebody spotted that who knew Patrick Stewart, and they got. Essentially, a slap on the wrist for, for not getting permission from Patrick Stewart. And you can see, you know, if you actually watch that, it's kind of made up with white makeup and various marks on the face, but it's like a mechanical head on like a desk. And yeah, again, I remember. It's got real jerky motions. Yeah, it's got real jerky motions. As motion. it looks well, backwards and forwards, it's almost like, yeah. you know, a, ventrilo- a
1: ventriloquist dummy, yeah. the way well, it, it moves. It, it, it's
0: actually the Patrick Stewart head that they just essentially took a, you know, fresh latex or whatever rubber mould out of. Really and used it, but yeah, they, they did they get told? I don't know if they got fined or anything for it, but uh, apparently they got told off. Yeah, for Patrick Stewart
1: was in a Duran Duran video. Yeah, Good. video. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, so yeah, that that they're chucking up all this blood for some reason. Yeah, which forms Matilda. Matilda
0: yeah, out, I, I quite out like of that blood. effect. I quite like that effect. It's the all right actual, when it starts the, the, the formation bit. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, and then for some reason. I, what 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 is the happening? Why what, why is all the blood in their bodies coming out to form Matilda, who then collapses into a pool of blood on the floor?
0: What's this yeah, all then about then? It's almost like she's forming into an actual physical entity and then, like you said, she almost liquefies but then drops out the bottom of the helicopter somehow so she now is free from the body which I suppose was drugged previously. Um, yeah, it okay. doesn't, doesn't quite explain it, does it? But
1: so is that how she would have gone out of her? No, no, no. I was going to say is that how she got out of her original body and got into the lady in the bin bag? But no, no, she no. she she's in the cathedral crypt. Yeah, the Shortly lady in the afterwards. bin bag
0: and people like that, I think she just has to sort of almost like partly drain them and then she can infect those, can't she? And mm, okay. M- move from person to person. She obviously moved from the lady in the bin bag to Patrick Stewart. Yeah. You know, um, uh, and yeah. Okay. <laughs> um This is
1: where it all, I I start losing interest because you get scenes of London and panicking Londoners and... um pretty bad composite shots of you know, like people in the bottom of the frame and model buildings in the top of the frame to show you know buildings mm. on fire and everything uh not too convincing there um and yeah buildings blowing up model buildings blowing up and then we get into the zombie masks yeah. all these extras wearing zombie masks um and it's just yeah it's getting all a bit silly when that when the prime minister turns up and he has that odd little scene it's like no, this is getting really silly now, um, mm.
0: yeah. Um, it it it. I mean, at this point, I mean, I, you you probably know this anyway, but a lot of people sort of do reference like quite a mess in the pit.
1: Yeah, there is a quite a mess vibe to this. Oh, yeah, the oh, panicking
0: completely. Thing. I mean, you know, the entire movie for me. If somebody had told me this was a British director directing this, so, you know, someone like Freddie Francis or somebody, you'd probably mm. think, well, yeah, more like. Um, but yeah it 's definitely got a quite a mass in the pit vibe at this point where people are starting to kind of riot and stuff,
1: yeah, but quite a mass in the pit on. did it better, I think, mm. yeah, and they 're going to nuke london if if yeah. things aren 't contained they 're going to nuke London, so they um um the clock is ticking all these little blue lights that are going up into the spaceship, which is directly above London, apparently are human souls, yeah being collected by the ship by the ship, yes. And here we go, effect sequence, next effect sequence is uh Falada. Is that how you say his name? Dr. Hans Falada, yeah. Hans, what, an odd name. Hans Falada's death. Here I go, says old yeah. Frank. And, uh, yep, they have a go at, uh, at uh, the uh, Michael Jackson's thriller now, haven't they?
0: Yeah, I quite like that when you see his face sort of blistering and bubbling, you know, it's... There's some quite nice prosthetics in that bit. Um, yeah,
1: this is Nick Maley who did yeah. this, and he Bob, was Bob, a fan Bob of Keane Thriller. and Nick Maley as well. Yeah, so, yeah, they had seen Thriller, and they wanted to replicate the whole, you know, the bladders under the prosthetics thing. But it's basically six condoms yeah. underneath the uh, prosthetics, each having a tube, which is going down Frank's body somehow, mm. coming out. And then you've got six blokes blowing down a tube on them.
0: But it's like his character's sort of infected, but he kind of still can rationalize everything can't he he's not, mm. he's he's like almost like you know beyond just being infected or whatever you want to call it possessed he he can still uh, you know talk to Carlson about what's going on explain yeah. to him
1: yeah, so that's that. here he goes, off he goes uh we've got Carlson and Matilda in the crypt, yeah um and kane versus the zombies um i'll tell you what you know you've got the columbia at the beginning and it's like oh that's unfortunate what i also think is unfortunate is when you see all the panicking londoners and they're down in the london underground and -hmm. you have a lot of dead people on the escalator and it's like oh my goodness you know um, but th- th-
0: these scenes, I mean, there's a lot of extras in these sequences, um, and some of them were set. So, like, when you see, like, the London bus actually blowing up and things like that, you know, they're, they're like, full-size explosions. This is all a, a,
1: American werewolf in London, isn't it? The panic at the end of American Yeah, I mean, you know, th-
0: th- I don't know whether this was a purpose-built set uh, or, like, a set that they've just redressed and reused. That's, you know, already on the back lot or what, you know. Um, but, yeah, there's there's quite a lot of impressive pyrotechnics going on with buildings on fire especially when he's running through to try and get to where carlson is when mm. he's carrying the uh the sort of the stake thing the metal stake
1: yeah and then he goes uh, is that chris jagger one of the two two male vampires is mick jaggers brother isn't it
0: yeah Called i think chris it's the jagger. guy who appears on the steps yeah i think he's like yeah. the, the, the main vampire
1: yeah, he's the one who gets staked. That was meant to be Billy Idol, wasn't it? Billy Idol was meant to be that role, but they wouldn't let him on a plane, apparently. I don't know why well, well, this he wasn't allowed the, on the plane.
0: This is that kind of thing. Wasn't Billy Idol also meant to be the T-1000, but then it was a similar sort of deal, like they couldn't get him his... <laughs> get him it, on a plane. <laughs> get his, like, union card or something. So, again, he lost out to being a T-1000. I think Cameron did want him, you know. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah. Uh, this is hilarious,
1: you know, the... The Chris Jagger when he gets staked and yeah. he turns into his proper, you know, form. bat form. Peter Firth's oh no reaction is hilarious. I always yeah. have to stop and rewind that because that. Yeah. Man, a minute! But I like the vampire. I like oh, I like this animatronic vampire. That's brilliant.
0: I mean, it's like the, the highlight of the film probably for me. That well, besides Matilda, me obviously, but um, yeah, that, that I think is a great mechanical, and it wasn't mm. full size either. It was actually about quarter scale. Um, well, they've done it very well, haven't they? Yeah, there's there's a picture I think of Melee Online sort of setting it up. I'm sure I've put it on my Instagram before. But yeah, it's, it, I, I was really surprised to see just how small it was. So I don't know whether they're using it as a foreground miniature and that there's real steps in the background or what or whether that was a miniature set as well. But yeah, it's brilliantly done.
1: I think it's a miniature set because there's no sort of like blurriness, is there? It all seems to be in, all all yeah. physically there, the background and the foreground. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um and yeah so yeah that one dies and um yeah Carlson um um gets the rubber sword when when Kane drops that sword down and you see Carlson grab it it it, it wobbles you can totally yeah. see that's a rubber sword yeah and um yeah and he, Matilda's yeah, starkers again isn't she all, yeah. all her clothes have dropped off. it's very very cupid stunt this is isn't it you know <laughs> she was wearing that gown and it's like okay she's covered up but then it, all of a sudden she's not and uh, it's um, it's, very...
0: ir- it's ironic that our clothes keep dropping off and patrick stewart's in this if you've if you've mm. seen the extra sketch where uh, yeah. <laughs> it's too late he'd seen everything
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> you get to see everything <laughs> do you think it, yeah. do you think he was channeling life force in that <clears throat> in that sketch? possibly
0: yeah possibly
1: <laughs> um so yeah she gets stabbed by uh, carlson yeah. And
0: somehow, well, I don't stab, know how... stabs both of them, doesn't he, essentially?
1: He, he yeah, yeah. But,
0: puts it through both of them.
1: But they're still alive, and somehow they go up to the spaceship. Yeah. Um,
0: which almost is now like a model, it, as I say. Yeah, almost to appear in the sarcophagus things again, like the. the they'll go and come back in another 70-odd years. Is that what we're meant to think at the end? Because it just
1: goes off then, doesn't it? Off towards yeah, but, the but, green.
0: Yeah, so I imagine it's just going to join the comet again and do a, a loop, you know, come back. <laughs> That's be someone yeah. else's problem.
1: Yeah, in 70 years' time. But they yeah. don't sort of
0: say, don't they, that in a way, like, you know, I mean, the, the, the comet obviously goes past other, probably, worlds in that time, in the 70-odd years. I don't know where it does actually meant to go, but uh, they said it has. she has destroyed other worlds, sort of thing.
1: Mm. Presumably not as a human. She was in a different form. Every world she goes to, she takes out of something's mind what they're going to look like this time.
0: But then they do say that it's you know they've already been to Earth, don't they? Because the comet's obviously been passed seventy odd years earlier. So did they... well, it's
1: where all the legends of vampires come from. Yeah.
0: So from ha- if if the if the ships in the comet, but then they're passing the at, th- at that point, maybe they could actually travel to Earth, like. You know, as in, you know, the. I don't know whether they would have other ships to come down in or whether they would, like, just materialise or whatever, but, you know, they, what, did they just drain so many people and get enough life force to then replenish them and then go back into the ship? I don't know. It's a bit disjointed, that part of the story. It is, rather, isn't it?
1: Yeah. But it it's... It... It's fun, isn't it? I mean, it's uh, it peters out for me towards the end, but um, it, it, it's all, all good fun.
0: Yeah. Apparently, Michael Winner was offered a chance to direct this as well.
1: Well, we would have had far more of Matilda if that was the Probably. case, wouldn't yeah, we? Yeah, definitely. Good, good
0: grief. Yeah. yeah. And um, again, it was like... You know, this was the sort of his canon trilogy, wasn't it, Tob Hooper? It was, uh, I think there was this, then he did the Invaders from Mars, and then mm-hmm. he did the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. So this was like his little trilogy, which have all been released on Blu ray now. When I, you know, I do, I think, I don't know if they're all on Arrow, but certainly Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 is.
1: Invaders um, from Mars is another one of those films where you don't think of it as being a canon film
0: or a Tob Hooper film. Or a Type Hooper film. Yeah, mm. and again John Dykstra worked on the special effects. It's you know and, and again it's got Stan Winston that, it's got John Dykstra. You know, it's got a good kind of sort of cast and crew behind it. So, you know, mm. the Canon were putting some big money into sort of some of these. But I mean I know Life Force took washes really at the box office. I think it took about eleven million worldwide. Uh, so it didn't really make any profit anywhere. I still, I just don't understand why I didn't show it, because it's mm. a Canon film,
1: you know? Yeah. i have to look yeah, into that... what else was out that week. Maybe, you know, because it was only a three-screener. Maybe, you know, we were busy with something else. Yeah. Hm
0: I mean, I used to go to the Canon in the next town over from me, uh, which was in a place called Stockton. I mean, but then the audience in Middlesbrough did get it, so that's why I went there, but... Um, I don't know whether the cannon in Stockton got it. I imagine it will uh-huh. have done.
1: I've just sent you a photo, Andrew. Um, yeah, the background was there. That's, that's the miniature of, of the bat on the steps at the end. Let me have a look. And, uh,
0: yeah. I'm not that, that, yeah.
1: Yeah. And there's clearly, yeah, the background is there. Or a photo. Actually, that looks like a photo of a background. Can you, do you see what I mean? The walls oh, yeah. the walls don't look real. They, they That looks like a three, a, a 2D photo.
0: Yeah, it might be, it might be used to paint a backdrop making it, you know, mm. like, or, or a picture. But, yeah, I mean, it's nowhere near as big as it looks. It does look really impressive in the movie.
1: Hmm,
0: yeah. Uh, you know, I was really surprised when I seen it was that small. Um, but is that the best effect of the film, would you say? Is it's certainly the- one of the more memorable ones, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, the... The Resurrection of the First Guard is a memorable sequence, obviously. Um, Again, the funny thing is with this, right, it's Tobe Hooper, actually. He was originally up for directing Return of the Living Dead, which was also Mm. a 1985 film, which Dan O'Bannon ended up directing instead. And then this has kind of got sort of zombies in it and, you know, the potential of, like, the the thing getting nuked at the end. So, you know, there was some similarities um, with this and Return of the Living Dead. Um, but I'm, I'm glad, sort of, you know, B- Bannon did return the Living Dead instead of Hooper. But um, yeah, I, hmm. I do, I do like this movie. But it it certainly doesn't feel like an American movie. It feels very British in terms, you know. Well, it, it I mentioned extra ham- before Hammer Amicus Quatermass the Hall yeah. vibe.
1: Yeah, it is. It does feel very British, doesn't it? Hmm. Except Matilda May, I mean, if that was a British film, we wouldn't have had Matilda May. We would have had, um, you know, um, Lindsay Drew or somebody like that, wouldn't we? (laughs) Yeah,
0: Carolyn Monroe would have been perfect, but I know she had no nudity clause, so.
1: Yes, true, true. She would have been just in that bin bag, wouldn't she, wandering around. I'd still watch it.
0: (laughs) 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 Carolyn Monroe in a bin bag.
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, then, so this is the difficult question for you. What What would you give the effects in total? Because we've got good effects, mm. but how much are they affected by the Duff effects, you know? I
0: pro- I'd probably give this, like, a 6.8 out of 10. 6.8, for... that's very specific. It is. 6.8. Yeah, for, for huh? just, like, the... Because I said there is some brilliant stuff, and then there's some decidedly average stuff. But...
1: All right, yeah. well... I'll say seven. All right. So that's 6.9. All right.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. That's fair enough. All right. Okay. Well, thank you for tonight, Andrew. Sorry. Right. Sorry it wasn't Space Precinct, but you did get a couple of uh, little... <laughs> ref, uh, I'm, sh-
0: I'm sure if I look through the entire crew, I think it's probably found even more. But... <laughs> yeah.
1: All right. Okay. All right. Well, you never know. It might. It might be nice one day. I might be nice to you and say, come on, let's do Space Precinct. <laughs>
0: We should definitely do Invaders from Mars. What, both versions? Well, you could do both versions, but definitely... We could do a compare version.
1: and contrast, can't we?
0: could do the Hooper version, just because it's obviously, you know, his next film along from this, and it's still canon. And
1: Yeah, uh, and we've got some nice Stan Winston work in that, haven't we?
0: Yeah, and mind you, I mean, mm. even... I don't know if you've seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, but, um, you know, that's got quite a lot of Tom Savini special effects in there as well. So in terms of actual, you know gore mm. special effects if you want
1: to do. Yeah, we could do. I mean, we don't that often do horror, so maybe yeah. it's about time we 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 went back to a horrific subject, yeah. i.e., space precinct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Yes. Indeed. All right. Okay. Thanks for tonight, then, Andrew. <laughs> yep. All right. Pleasure. And I'll speak to you soon. Cheers, then. Bye. Bye.